0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Man's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I am so excited to have you here today. We have a great topic. Uh, We're going to be having on uh, as our guest today, J.J. Owen, who is the Director of Development. J.J. heads up the Movembers community. Um, He he deals with uh, corporate sports, collegiate efforts across the U.S., and helps the community organize and mobilize Movember's efforts. If you haven't heard of this foundation, uh, we're spotlighting it today. They help curtail early death in men, mainly cancer detection and mental health and suicide prevention. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to celebrate men's health. Um, Apparently, men do a lot of things to shoot themselves in the foot and not be healthy, both physically and mentally. And we're going to to talk about some of these issues and what we can do to reverse this trend so um, if you happen to have uh, missed last week's show <clears throat> we were talking about how to navigate your rights with an unfair family court system with my guest who's a, a dad and activist Eric Gavidia if you happen to have missed that show you can listen to that show and any and all of my archive shows very easy to find All you have to do is go to Google, SoundCloud, The Men's Advocate Show. Google SoundCloud, The Men's Advocate Show, and you can do some binge listening. You, we are also on the TuneIn app, and you can get our, our archive shows there as well. Same same thing, just Google TuneIn, The Men's Advocate, and you should be able to find me quite easily. Anyway, let's uh, jump back uh, into um, our our topic today. We're talking about men's health and the Movember Foundation. So uh, let's introduce our guest, Jane. JJ, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Linda. How are you doing?
0: Great. Thanks for uh, joining us today. And uh, tell us a little bit about your organization, a little bit about the history. What does the word Movember mean? Go ahead.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, at a bird's eye view, uh, the Movember Foundation is the only uh, global charity solely focused on men's health. Uh, when it comes to men's health, um, too many men and women, candidly, are not talking about it and as a result guys aren't taking action when they need to because it's not top of mind and uh, frankly men are dying too young you know the gap in life expectancy between a man and woman is about six years and there's no biological reason for that so at the end of the day what the foundation as a whole is really aiming to do is have an everlasting impact on the face of men's health and hopefully getting guys to live happier healthier longer lives Uh, to be you know to give you kind of a background on us and where we've been we actually got started in 2003 in melbourne australia um it was actually a couple of guys were out skateboarding uh and ran into each other and hadn't actually uh hung out for a while so they went and grabbed a beer got talking about 80s fashion and the cyclical nature of fashion and how the mustache never actually came back in vogue uh mm-hmm. and they left that day with a little a friendly beer challenge um, that they took out to about 30 of their buddies and um, in 2003, 30 guys decided to grow their Moe's because mo is actually slang for mustache in Australia. Okay. Um, and yeah, that was year one of Movember. No mention of philanthropy or prostates, testicles, men's health or anything like that. It was literally just 30 guys getting together for a good time. Um, only when uh, four of the original 30 guys uh, got together in 2004. Um, did they actually decide, Hey, let's make it for a cause. Let's make it for men's health. And you know, the first cause that we really focused on within the men's health spectrum was prostate cancer. Okay. Um, you fast forward to today now, you know, 14 years later, we're in 21 countries. We'd had over, over 5 million participants and we've raised $710 million. So it's, uh, you know, pretty impressive to see what a, what a global community can achieve. And the number that we're most proud of is actually that we've invested in over 1,200 uh, men's health projects worldwide, which is, uh, you know, amazing.
0: That's amazing. That is great. I love it. What areas have you made the biggest dent?
1: Well, you know, when, when we look at the landscape of men's health, you know, there's really, there's really four areas that we really focus on as a foundation holistically, it is men's health. It's starting that dialogue. It's how do we get men to be proactive in their daily healthcare? And oftentimes it does start with just a simple conversation and general awareness. Um, how do we close that age gap? How do we achieve behavioral change, which is going to take a while to be totally honest. Um, and so it's, it's, it's not, it's not like it's going to be fixed in the next couple of years. Right. Um, right. so we're working really hard on that. Um, the three areas of investment. Uh, so when you know folks are Right now you, you probably see some mustaches walking around. They're probably participating in our Movember campaign. Uh, and our campaign calls on guys uh, to grow mustaches and uh, basically be walking talking billboards for the foundation and raise some funds. No different than like a run or a walk. You, you create a fundraising page on Movember.com and people donate to you. Uh, and. You know we invest those funds uh, that are raised in you know three key areas with prostate cancer uh testicular cancer and then mental health and suicide prevention
0: gotcha and uh would you say that there is an age gap there is that what you just said or is it a gender gap in into why men are not proactive with their health
1: um i think it's just uh i mean there's there's no biological reason for the discrepancy in life expectancy, right? The the fact that men are dying on average six years before women, and there's no biological reason for it. Yeah. Um, anecdotally, that means guys, you know, guys have this machismo factor. All of us kind of want to be that John Wayne archetypal male, right? To a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and many of the guys that I have conversations with. Um, you know they look at themselves as you know the the centerpiece within their tribe right like they're they're the provider um, they want to be there for friends and family and whatnot and they'll they'll be selfless and putting others first before them what we need guys to really recognize is we need to shift that paradigm um, a function of being there for everybody else um, and being that guy for everybody is taking care of yourself first and foremost because it's all for nothing if you're not around long enough to, to really be there for folks. So,
0: Absolutely. We should do what the uh, airlines tell us to do, that if you have young children, what you're supposed to do is the adult is supposed to put on his or her oxygen mask first before helping the child. Because if you die and you don't have enough oxygen, you certainly can't help the child. So, you know, it's great to be this John Wayne, Wayne type. But if you're not also taking care of your own health mentally and physically, then you're not going to be around to help your family or community.
1: Absolutely. And, like, and, it, it, and it all goes back to um, creating an environment, creating a venue for guys to feel comfortable to have that discussion um, about like, you know, taking care of themselves and whatnot. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a story of you know, a guy going home, a young guy, like let's say, you know, one of our college participants is growing his mustache. He goes home for Thanksgiving and gets hassled by his mom and dad for having a probably ugly mustache at that point. Uh, and you know, uncle Tony will speak up and say, yeah, actually I, you know, I had prostate cancer and nobody in the family knows about it. You know, that, that that's a story that's been shared quite a bit. Um, and you know what, family history it does come into play when it comes to, you know, pro- prostate cancer diagnosis and whatnot. So that's that's kind of case in point where we just need to create a venue um, for guys to feel comfortable to a, have a conversation. Um, Encourage them to take action when they need to take action and take care of themselves and hopefully close that close that gap You know, let's keep guys around a little bit longer.
0: Absolutely Let me just say a word about the mustache in case our listeners don't know Um, it's called the movember foundation, which rhymes with november So basically every year for 30 days in the month of november guys grow uh, Their mustaches in solidarity and I first uh became aware of this uh, through NHL. Um, I'm a big hockey fan, Kings fan, and and I noticed that the guys in the stadium, as well as those on the ice, they were all growing their mustaches in support of Men's Health and the Movember Foundation, and that's how I became aware of it. So, um, you guys who are listening, it's a little late in the game, but you still have another week, or you can start your 30 days now. I'm sure it really doesn't matter. Um, that's kind of the, the name of the game. That's your signature icon look is, is to grow your mustache.
1: Absolutely. And you can still sign up on the website, to you know, start a fundraising page and, and 100 work. The men's health conversation and, and the foundation itself doesn't start and stop in November. That's for sure. Like we're a year round organization working hard. Um, so if you want to get involved, there's still plenty of time. And like you said, the mustache, we don't, we don't have a color, we don't have a ribbon, you know, it's, yeah. it's our mustache. The mustache is the symbol for the foundation. But at the end of the day, the conversation that happens as a result of you actually changing your physical appearance, that's the lifeblood of the organization. Really what we're trying to achieve is get that dialogue going, right? At Absolutely. a baseline.
0: Absolutely. So guys, send in your, you know, grow your mustaches and send in your pictures. Either put them on my Facebook fan page and I'll forward them to JJ. Um, the, my Facebook fan page, by the way, is the same name as the show, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. That's Facebook, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Or you can also reach uh, the, the Movember uh, Foundation page. I will have all those links by the way, anything that we talk about on the show today, I'll have them at the end of the show uh, on my Facebook fan page to make it easy for you. All you have to do is just go there and click and I'll show you ways to don- donate or post your pictures or you know all the uh, issues that we're talking about today. So um, if you've just joined us, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Do call us if you have uh, comments or questions. Uh, about this topic. Our phone number is 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. I understand we have a caller from Texas on the line. Uh, We'll catch that call right after the break.
2: Hey guys, do you have a nagging problem that you just can't get a handle on? Now you can talk to an expert coach right in the privacy of your own home. Meet in person, over the phone, or with a free Skype call anywhere in the world. Linda is here to make it easy for you. Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over twenty thousand men. Linda's expert advice gets you through tackling relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and removing lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Usually handled in four sessions or less. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's themensadvocate.com slash coaching.
1: On KMET, 1490 a.m. Smart Talk.
0: Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Be Your Host, Linda Gross. Do call us today at 951 922 3532. 951 922 3532. If you've just joined us, we're talking about MoVember. We're talking about uh, uh, promoting men's health and long live our men. Uh, Today, we have as my guest JJ Owens, who's the director from the Movember Foundation. We were talking right before the break about mustaches. Um, JJ, tell our audience uh, uh, how they can participate if they're a woman. I mean, obviously, they're not going to grow a mustache. Maybe they can put on a fake mustache. But what do you recommend? You have a solution for them as well.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I've, I mean, I have seen women grow a mustache before. Uh, <laughs> disclaimer: It's definitely not required. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, women. Women do everything the guys do in terms to in terms of participating in the foundation and the campaign just don't grow a mustache you can go to the website you sign up and start a team or join a team um, and you can choose to support the mustache if you want which is you know something as simple as rocking one of our mustache lapel pins during the month because like i said the mustache is our symbol so it's going to inspire a conversation all the same um you could take it a, a step further like you know my my mom is actually a, a health administrator at a local hospital and she'll make her Nurse uh, with a lipstick mustache on, which inspires the conversation all the same. So that's that's mustache centric, but we do have a lot of most sisters. uh, We call our community MoBros and most sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a lot of most sisters that will sign up and participate in Move, which is. You know, another way to get involved in Movember and, you know, basically the call to action there is to, to get active and, you know, either commit to, you know, taking the stairs at work or maybe you're, you're going to go big and try and train for a marathon um, and fundraise along the way. Uh, and then the final way to get involved that you uh, stash and growing and supporting as well as moving is events. Um, and, you know, if that's if that's what you do best and you're going to raise some funds by having a great party, then let's go do that. So. Those are the, the three main ways that uh, most sisters can get involved. And like I said, they do everything the guys do. They just don't have to grow a mustache. <laughs>
0: gotcha. I heard the uh, the female version was to do nail art. Is that not happening or...
1: Um, I've seen many of our. I don't know must- if they put
0: nail. I don't know if they put mustache nail art on on their nails or you know. I don't know. I've seen it done.
1: Yeah. Um, my, my my wife has done it uh, in the past. Um, obviously, the mustache is topical during the month of November because of you know the strides that the foundation has made. So yeah, that, I mean, you know, it does, my mom's a little crazy sometimes. She actually does the the the, the lipstick mustache. Uh, but mustaches on your nails are going to you know start a conversation all the same, right? Right.
0: We currently have a a listener on the line. I want to bring on Darlene. She's she happens to be a Movember founder on Facebook. She's very active in men's rights, uh, as am I. So, uh, Darlene, are you there? Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Welcome to our program. Thank you. And I I understand that uh, your story uh, crosses paths with the Movember Foundation. Tell us a little bit about your background.
3: Well, I have been a men's rights advocate for now since 19, or 2011. I began this journey uh, starting out, believe it or not, with an anti-bullying advocate, but I started noticing a correlation which led me to men's rights. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, I have noticed a surmountable amount of men suicides, male suicides, um, and then prostate problems and other health issues, which got me interested in the November. I was invited by a fellow advocate, and we actually, we have an old ribbon that we began with. It was a blue ribbon with a mustache, the old handlebar mustache across. And we were running campaigns to try to get the NFL encouraged to, you know, help us promote this. And uh, then I found out about the Movember Foundation, and now I've been a Mo sister for two years. This is my second year, and not only do I have my Moe site, but I also have a Facebook fundraiser
0: awesome congratulations um actually jj uh, uh darlene uh, offline asked me a question as she was trying to get uh the nfl to participate in the Movember foundation um do you have any connections or have you heard from them or vice versa
1: yeah absolutely i mean i so as the director of development for the foundation i actually oversee a lot of our uh sports participation and um, our prize pony, when it comes to professional sports league participation, is actually the NHL. Um, as you mentioned earlier, Linda, like the at one point, I think we had nearly fifty percent of you know player rosters in the league signed up and growing mustaches, and so it's very much become part of the culture there. The, yeah. the NFL, NFL's, uh, you know it's a little bit more difficult for us. Um, we do definitely have you know guys growing mustaches. You've probably seen. Aaron Rodgers, Jake Cutler are growing their mustache at some point. I think this year Marcus Mariota uh, is growing his mustache. Um, one of the difficult things to do is get everyone signed up and fundraising. But you know what? They're rocking the mustache. They're talking about men's health. They know about the foundation. So it's uh, it's a win for us. But uh, yeah, the NFL's, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, if we could help them organize a little bit more and, and get some more guys signed up, it'd be an amazing, amazing thing because they're, I mean, athletes in general are the ultimate stewards of men's health, right? They're, Definitely. They're iconoclasts for many men. Um, There's stuff that you know, men aspire to. Um, I mean, I'm a baseball guy. I played college baseball and a little bit of independent ball professionally. And I, I only wish that baseball was in season during November. You know, because I think, I think uh, a lot of those guys are, you know, ripe for mustaches. They, they love to sacrifice their face for a good cause. So.
0: Yeah, we'll have to call it uh, a half year of participation and maybe do it 6 months later or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: maybe in the month of uh, May. Yeah. You know. Something like that But uh, I don't know If there's a conflict Of interest Because the NHL uh, I'm sorry The NFL Already participates In uh, women's Breast cancer So you know uh, oftentimes They're wearing Pink accessories Or pink jerseys Or what have you So I don't know If there's some sort Of thing that says That you know That type of cancer Has to be exclusive And that they can't Promote another uh, Cancer foundation
1: Oh no There's no exclusivity There It's just a you know, generally speaking, it's it's tough sometimes. There's so many great causes out there, and you know, the league can choose to al- align with one in particular, w- you know, one cause or one philanthropy and charity in particular. But um, that doesn't mean it's exclusive to you know the local team levels. A lot of people think that you know uh, the the NFL's pink uh, alliance is with Komen, but I believe it's actually with American Cancer Society. That doesn't preclude. You know the the teams at a local level from partnering with uh, you know their local breast cancer charities and whatnot. So um, on the breast cancer side of things, it, it just it's it's tough because there's a lot of people out there supporting really good causes. Um, when it comes to Movember, it's you know uh, the same thing. Like there's a lot of really great causes out there. Um, getting people to align with one or the other takes a little bit of time. You know, and, and frankly, like I said, we're we're still. Even though we've had great success in terms of our campaigns and our programs, we're still a pretty young organization. So people are still learning that we're, we're doing incredible stuff and we have this incredible community. So in, in due time, I'm totally confident that we'll have some great stuff happening with all the you know NFL, NHL, Major League Soccer, MLB, NBA, you name it. I think we, can, we certainly can create some headway there.
0: Awesome. So, Darlene, and to all of our listeners out there, if you guys have connections uh, with regard to uh, uh, NFL make those connections happen uh, you know Movember is standing by and I also wanted to um, uh, congratulate Darlene uh, for having a donate page you too can do this and again I'll put the link on my on my uh, Facebook fan page but if you want to create a donate site um, it's uh, Movember.co forward slash donate US so again I'll put those links on a little bit later um, JJ, Linda, tell-
1: I, I definitely want to thank Darlene. I don't know if she's still on the line, but thank you so much for being an awesome, host, sister. That's really awesome to, to support our cause. We appreciate it.
3: I appreciate right. it. Dan Dan Fogelberg was my uh, key inspiration. He died of prostate cancer. One of my favorite artists of all times, so and I have a couple of male family members that have dealt with prostate problems as well. So this hits
1: very close to home. Well, Well, thank you again for all the support.
0: I'm glad you can keep his memory alive. You're definitely doing good work in the community. We appreciate that. Um, You know, they they say that by 2030, which is just around the corner, 1.7 million men will have prostate cancer. So, you know, those numbers are really climbing fast. And what's the first line of defense with somebody who... um, going to tackle prostate cancer i guess get with your doctor and get get into an annual exam right
1: yeah it starts i mean generally just being proactive listening to your body um you know going in for your for annual checkups it will definitely help and being able to comfortably have a dialogue with your general practitioner and and also understand what's going on inside you um you know right now that there's the digital rectal exam, the DRE, as well as the PSA, which is prostate-specific antigen tests um, to identify prostate cancer inside of a man. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's still a lot of work to be done there, and that's you know part of our investment strategies to develop better testing and diagnostics um, so that we can get a more tailored treatment approach down the line. But yeah, it, it, you know what? All the programs that we invest in, especially when it comes to cancer research and whatnot, they don't mean anything unless a guy actually will heed the advice of his body and and take care of himself and get on in to see a doctor.
0: You just sort of have to make it routine. I mean, girls don't like to do mammograms. It's sort of like slamming a heavy garage door uh, on your breasts. It's absolutely no fun. But you know what? It only lasts like 30 seconds or however it lasts. And I don't know how long the, uh, the prostate uh, screening is, but you just sort of have to do it. You know, once a year, whether you need it or not, just go to your doctor, get these uh, screenings done, and get it over with. I mean, you're not Superman. And a lot of times early detection um, absolutely means the, the difference between life and death and not having to suffer. I mean, you don't want to get cancer and then suffer for a year, two years, five years. I mean, that's no fun. So get it over with. Take 30 seconds out of your life and just do it.
1: Yeah, and in the, in the DRE, the digital rectal exam, yeah, that might be a little uncomfortable, but the PSA is actually a blood test. So, I mean, you're having blood work done anyways when you're getting a physical, so it's, it's no different there.
0: Awesome. All right. Um, If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We are talking to the director of the Movember Foundation. We're talking about men's health and how to be preventative with regard to uh, cancers and mental illness. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about this subject. Um, So call us at 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951. 922-3532 We'll see you right back after the break
2: You've had a long day You just want to escape the world And you know just the place to do it Round up your mates And head on over to Henson Brewing Company Burbank's first craft brewery Quality Complexity And always easy to drink Follow our progress and support us on Facebook And Kickstarter Coming winter 2016 Henson Brewing Company. Come as you are.
4: Hi, guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman, and if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now and don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today
1: Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men.
0: Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host. We are talking about men's health and how we can do some uh, things preventatively to reduce uh, men dying from from dying too early. Uh, you're on with my guest today, J.J. Owens, who's the director of uh, Movember found of the Movember Foundation. Uh, J.J., the last area of the physical uh, types of uh, issues that we're focusing on is testicular. Cancer. Do you have a couple words to say about that before we move on?
1: Yeah, it's actually uh, testicular cancer was uh, the second men's health issue that we focused on because uh, obviously it's uniquely male, but um, also it's the most common cancer in young men age 15 to 35. And um, you know, we've done some 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 research out there to you know within the community and uh, the understanding of you know self exams and whatnot, um, and understanding how testicular cancer presents itself in a young man is is actually uh pretty misunderstood. So we've we've basically used ourself, you know, our position in the world as the the leader in men's health to actually hopefully educate men and, you know what what they should be looking for when it comes to testicular cancer and doing self exams then uh, also working to expand some incredible studies that are happening out there to um, really address there's a small percentage of the t- testicular cancer community who's diagnosed and they have recurring aggressive forms of the, uh, the disease so we're really focusing there and hopefully you know basically creating a world where no man will ever die from testicular cancer
0: Gotcha. All right. Let's move on to the third area of of, uh, focus, and that is mental health. One in four men are affected by a mental health problem. Wow, that number is really huge. Um, It's asserted that 2.5 million men have no close friends. Um, And I'll post uh, the article that talks a little bit about this. It's quite a fascinating article. Um, In my book, Mastering Women, which you can find uh, uh, in Amazon, on Amazon, I should say, either in ebook or also in uh, paperback, I talk about how difficult it is for men to form bonds with other men. The best time and the easiest time to form a bond is during the formative years of 17 to 21, let's say college age years. After that, um, if too many years go by and men try to uh, uh, gain male friendships later in life, it is um, um, unimaginably difficult for a guy to bond. And I think a lot of uh, the mental health uh, issues could be solved if they had a, a close uh, friend or relative, male friend or relative that they could actually you know, hang out with and be honest with some of this stuff and get past some of the stigma but um, it's really hard to do that. You know, oftentimes men have this suck-it-up culture which, you know, from age four men are taught not to cry and uh, when they finally do get the courage to talk to somebody um, it's oftentimes met with scorn um, which is quite the opposite of uh, the guy's intent who is in need. So there's a lot of things that we have to overcome in this area. Um, I want to uh, give About a suicide prevention hotline um, as every minute, somewhere every minute, somewhere in the world, a man takes his own life. Can you imagine that? Um, If you happen to be having those thoughts, call the suicide prevention hotline. It's one 800 273 8255 one They're 24-7. They have a chat line as well. And again, all these links I'm going to post on the Facebook fan page uh, after the show. I wanted to uh, introduce uh, my next caller and guest. Her name is Patricia Spielman. She's the Crisis Line Director for D.D. Hirsch Mental Health Services here in Los Angeles. Patricia,
5: welcome to our show. Thank you, Linda. Thank you for having me. And hello, JJ.
1: Hey there. How you doing? Good.
5: How are you both? Awesome.
0: Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your crisis intervention services and how you can help the male community.
5: Sure. Sure. And just to clarify, um, I'm actually the division director of the Suicide Prevention Center. We have Carolyn oh. Levitan, who's our crisis line director. But I did oh. want to let you know that the Suicide Prevention Center, we are a member of the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at that 1-800-273-TALK number. Um, mm-hmm. We also have a 24-7 Spanish line available for any of your listeners who might be of um, Latino or Hispanic descent. And sure. also have crisis chats available. And people can sometimes, people don't want to speak directly with someone. They prefer kind of that um, it's less intimate if you're texting or you're online and you're chatting with somebody. So there is a Lifeline Crisis Chat. It's www.crisischat.org. So that is www.crisischat.org. And they can also talk um, via text, and that would be texting the words, and this is all capital letters, hear me. H-E-A-R-M-E to this number, 839863. So that's just a few of the ways that people can reach us um, if they have some. And they don't have to be actively suicidal. This could be anybody who's in a crisis. You know, maybe having a mental health difficulty or um, they're under extreme stress and duress, and they can reach out to us and we'll give them any of the resources and support they need. We have trained counselors that are available 24-7 on our crisis line.
0: That's awesome, and yes, we'll post those links as as well. Um, here is a myth that, that I heard, and it said that people who are suicidal want to die. Apparently, that's a myth. Um, the fact of the matter is the majority of people who feel suicidal don't actually want to die. They just don't like the life they have been given or the situation they have been given. So sometimes it might be that the... Crisis person, or the person who's intervening, or even just talking to them as a friend, shows them a different way out of their situation that they haven't thought of or don't have the experience with, and that might be all it takes to turn that situation around. What right. has been your experience uh, with but, that topic, pa- Patricia?
5: I, I would have to agree that, with that. You know, we always, there are a couple of um, Things that, that go around the suicide crisis centers, and one is that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Right. And that it happens when someone's pain exceeds their ability to cope with that pain, and that's why these crisis centers, I think, are so important because it's a place for people to reach out when they're in pain, um, You know, whether that's emotional or mental or physical or even um, a spiritual crisis. They can reach out to people on these crisis lines and um, get a little bit more input on how to deal with their, you know, what we hope is a temporary situation um, or to get some extra services that maybe they didn't know about. Um, But even so, sometimes it's just to have somebody to be able to talk to, somebody who can be empathic and understanding the situation that they're in.
0: Let's talk about our young men. It turns out that suicide is the leading cause of death among men ages 20 to 34. Why might that be?
5: You know, I'm not sure what the reasons are behind that. I think it's just, you know, there are a lot of different stresses and um, situations that men find themselves in. It is, unfortunately, you know, three and a half times higher in men, the rate of suicide, than it is with uh, females. And, unfortunately, men often use more lethal means to attempt and complete their suicide, and they don't usually um, attempt suicide in a way that they might be rescued, where women do. Women attempt more often than men, but men complete more suicides due to the, the lethal means and not having any um, availability of rescue. So it is um, one of the leading causes, though, of men, especially white males, they account for seven of ten suicides. So, and and typically it's men who are in that middle age range that have the highest frequency
0: of suicides. Is that what you're right. saying? Right.
5: Yes. Mm-hmm. That
0: would be my, that would be my guess as well. Right. But. I- And, you know, there's so many financial pressures on a young man today. It's just so hard to make it in the world. It's so hard to be able to figure out, uh, you know, what am I going to take in school? Should I even go to school? Um, Oftentimes people start off with a career or a major, and four Uh years later, you know, that field is extinct because our, our world is traveling so fast these days. So it's really hard to make young decisions as a young man, which is probably why these numbers might be so fright- frighteningly high. Exactly.
4: exactly. Uh,
0: JJ, do you have anything to, to add with regard to uh, suicide and what you've been experiencing with your, your hotlines?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, from a foundation perspective, November actually works upstream in a clinical sense. Now so what that means is we want to use our position within the men's community to foster the doc. But really, educate and, and the people around them uh, about you know the symptoms of stress, anxiety, and depression. Um, encourage them to take action, uh, and when they recognize those symptoms, provide resources uh, to take action. Um, and if it does get to crisis level, yes, we do have you know we refer out to the national suicide prevention lifeline as well as the uh, lifeline crisis chat that uh, Patricia Patricia was talking about. Um, but really, what we aim to do is how do we get in front of stress stressings before to use substance abuse or you know god forbid self-abuse and suicide um, you know when you're talking about the that young male um, 20 to 34 with the higher incidence rate um, you know you, you often find a, a a crazy identity crisis happening mm-hmm. right around that time of life um i mean from personal experience like i've, I've never been suicidal I certainly had i i was a you know i was a college athlete um i had you know i got hurt i was playing baseball and hurt my shoulder um and being an athlete was The major piece of my identity when I went to school and I tried to assimilate, you know, and and you know, my story is not unique because every single you know guy that goes off to school or or graduates from high school and goes on to what's next is you're amidst an identity crisis. You you know, what's your purpose every single day? Who's the who are the people that are around you? How has your schedule changed? Um, Things like that ultimately all roll up into your identity, and when when you're trying to make rhyme or reason of it all, it's easy to get lost amongst everything and. You know, for me, like I, I ended up having, uh, I developed a performance anxiety for baseball where I literally something I had done hundreds of thousands of times in my life, which is throw a ball back to the pitcher. I could not do anymore. Um, it became so, uh, so much performance anxiety manifests itself that I couldn't even throw the ball back to the pitcher, which then you lose that piece of you, 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 you suffer, you know, from bouts of depression and why me? And, you know, inevitably you have like relationships and whatnot, like all these things compound and it's easy to, you know, see your mental health deteriorate. And I remember working with a sports psychologist for, you know, a little over a couple of years and never once did I ever think that I had any mental health health issues because i was working with a sports psychologist but mm-hmm. you know lo and behold i'm having dialogues about my identity and how i'm interacting with my community and like what's important to me and what's stressing me um never never once was i talking about baseball with him and i never <laughs> you know and and even even now i look back on it and you know there's a piece of me that's like you didn't suffer from any mental health issues but there's another the i was like yeah you did and it's okay like just because you never got to crisis level where it was like you developed substance abuse or domestic abuse or, you know, had suicidal thoughts doesn't mean you, you weren't in great mental health. And that's part of part of the struggle, I think, for you know, a lot of people. And this is an entry point into the dialogue and, and getting, you know, achieving behavioral changes that people need to look at their mental health the same way that they do as their physical health. Like, you know, folks are going to the gym and working out to stay in shape. You know, there's certain things that you need to do to condition your mental health, staying socially connected. As you mentioned earlier, has great ramifications on your mental health. You know, that's a cathartic outlet for most people to have that dialogue with a good friend um, where they might not have that talk with a coworker or even their partner or spouse. Um, social connectedness is huge, you know, that, that would be a major, major thing to for a guy to focus on in terms of conditioning himself and getting, you know, better mental health. Uh, another thing is mindfulness, just being present in the moment and, you know, not allowing yourself to get distracted by everything that's on the periphery of life, you know, like hopes, dreams, despair, like that's, that's stuff that lives on the, on the periphery and it's tough to deal with and, you know, sometimes you have to just focus on one step in front of the other and, you know, pulling from my sports psychologist work, like it, it was a couple of key things. You know, Focus on this and control the controllables. There's a reason why athletes out there have the same exact routine every single day. They go eat lunch at the same spot. They put their you know, uniform on the same way. They say the same thing to themselves as they walk onto the field. If they're focused on that, they're not focused on all the noise on the outside, which could be 60,000 rabid fans or a high-pressure performance and it helps them improve improve their mental outlook you know these are things that you know obviously we're trying to start this dialogue within the men's community and it's it's you know achieving behavioral change at a population level is really tough to do but um, you know, hopefully these little anecdotes are helping
0: Absolutely. I would say that, you know, in the advent of the digital age, <clears throat> if the man really doesn't have a close friend or someone who's trusted that he could go to, I would say start anonymously. I mean, Patricia has given us some good options that you can, you know, be uh, anonymous, be behind the wall, uh, text somebody uh, who's a health professional or, or go on the chat line and be one step removed. They don't know who you are, but the main focus is for you to get help and uh, first step first so if it's if uh, talking to a human being that you know is too scary take an avenue which is less scary because you might need the help so just get that done
5: exactly exactly also
0: the the people who who are affected are not just the victims. Uh, Patricia, tell us a little bit about your organization. Um, I understand that you have support groups for maybe the family members or the caretakers of somebody who might have uh, either considered suicide or attempted suicide or maybe they actually did go through with it. So it's not just the victim who's affected, but the immediate uh, friends and family. Tell us a little bit about that.
5: Right, sure, thank you. Yes, we have two different types of support groups that we do here at D.D. Hirsch. Um, The first one is called our SAS, which is Survivors After Suicide, and that's for anyone who has survived um, the loss of a dear friend or sibling, relative, a loved one, by suicide, because each death does touch about 47 people. Um, it disrupts, it's a major life disruption for at least 18 people um, that are connected with that person who died by suicide. So our Survivors After Suicide Support Groups are groups where people can come and they can, it's their eight-week sessions, they're closed groups, and they come and we help them go through kind of that grief bereavement process because it's a very special and unique um, when somebody has died by suicide, you're grieving, but there's also a lot of other issues attached to your grief and bereavement. And we have those groups available in Orange County, Los Angeles County, and Ventura County. And the second type of support group, oh, and just to also add, then when people have gone through those FAS support groups, we do have an open Um, drop-in group that occurs once a month and those are also in the different areas and so somebody who's gone through the eight weeks but feels that they want to continue to meet with um, people who have this a similar um, disaster as how I view it uh, occur in their life they can share those experiences with people who know what they've been through and are also going through the same thing and then we have our survivors of suicide attempts support group and that's for anybody who's attempted a suicide in their life. Um, DD Hirsch is very unique. We're kind of the cutting edge on we started these groups. We have a manual for facilitating these groups that's on our website. It's free for anyone or any agency to download and we're doing trainings across the U.S. and even um, around the world our manual has been downloaded by over 690 different people and agencies um, across 23 different countries. So we're, um, we're doing those also in Orange County, Los Angeles, and some of the people that we've trained are doing them in Ventura County as well. And it's such a unique situation to be in a group with people who have also made an attempt on their life. It's A very rare thing is what we're being told by the group members to come into a place where they're not feeling judged, they're not feeling that they're to blame for what they did, and they have um, people who are accepting them. um, Because they can't usually go and talk to their family, and even sometimes they can't talk to a therapist or a psychologist as openly as they would like.
0: Gotcha. I realize the support groups you probably have to go do in person, obviously, but right. we have a lot of listeners who are across the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, your hotline numbers
5: and chat numbers and so forth—that they could be anywhere, right? Right. Exactly. Yes. And because and, we have trained people throughout the U.S., they may want to Google survivor of suicide attempt groups, or they could call us um, on our general info line, and I can give that to you very quickly. It's three one zero. 895-2340 um, and they can be directed to myself or one of the staff and we can actually research for them and let them know if there's anybody in that area who has been trained in SOSA okay. and, um, and then they can follow up and, um, and join some groups if they're so inclined Awesome.
0: I'll get those numbers from you after the show, and we'll put them on my Facebook as well. All right. Um, Any last words about suicide? And we'll go on to the next.
5: JJ, anything from you, suicide? Yeah. Oh, no.
1: Oh, go ahead, Patricia.
5: Okay. I was just going to say that I think if anybody makes any. Um, what we call invitations, um, mm-hmm. to take those invitations seriously, such as, you know, everybody would be better off without me. I just wish my pain would end. You know, they don't have to come out and say, I want to die, I want to kill myself. But be brave and open up that dialogue with them. And if you're not sure what to do or say, call the crisis lines because they will do third-party calls. They'll instruct you how to work with that person or how to get that person help. And also, since we're talking about Movember and men's mental, I don't know if, JJ, if you're aware of the mantherapy.org website? It's a, yes, I am. It's, okay. it's awesome. It is awesome. It's written for men in um, men's um, language with a men's sense of humor, and I think it's very accessible and available for men, and it's a great place for them to start if they don't feel they want to make that you know, connection over the phone or over the computer, online chatting.
1: Yeah, and, and echoing what she's saying, there's some some interesting nuances of having that dialogue with men that you know we found um, men respond to you know take action as opposed to get help. So when you're sp- speaking to someone, like use the the actual term take action uh, um, as opposed to saying you need help. Um, for whatever reason, men tend to respond and that that term resonates better. Um, Another thing that we found in terms of connectedness and whatnot is men are more uh, likely to open up in terms of having a, a personal dialogue with somebody when they're shoulder to shoulder, as opposed to, uh, face on. It's a study that we funded out of Australia where guys ended up having a more open dialogue. So where, where are you shoulder to shoulder? Well, you, you know, maybe you're, uh, driving somewhere or you're, you're at a ball game or something like that. All so, right. um, little things like that seem to, to work more in creating a, you know, an engaging and inviting environment for someone to, to be a little more open.
0: Gotcha. The Movember Foundation's aim is by 2030 to reduce the number of men dying prematurely by 25%. One way that you can get involved, you our audience can get involved, is to host an event, and you can do this by holding a dinner party, having a trivia night, or a golf tournament. There are many ways that you can get involved to help raise funds for this very valid uh, organization. I'm going to post that, that link is on the website as well, on my website as well um I wanted to thank uh, each of our callers and our guests uh, today, uh, Darlene, Patricia, and of course, JJ, for being on the show with us. Um, If you enjoyed this program, uh, show the love, uh, listen, call, like our fan page, follow, comment, share, tell a friend, and buy my book. So those are all ways that you can show the love, and we will um, help promote each of your sites. We'll see you each and every Wednesday on the Men's Advocate Show. 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you all. We'll see you next week on the Men's Advocate Show.